It's time for Fed Talk, the live show for Feds in the Know. From federal agencies to Capitol Hill, the attorneys of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth bring in experts from across the federal community to bring you inside the issues. Fed Talk is meant to provide general information about legal issues. However, the views expressed in this program are not intended to provide legal counseling. Listeners are cautioned not to rely upon any statements made in resolving legal issues they may face, but instead to consult with their own attorney about specific situations. Attorneys are not engaged in providing legal services while appearing on the program and are not responsible in any manner for the consequences that may stem directly or indirectly from reliance on any statement made during this program. Good morning and welcome to Fed Talk. I'm Deborah Roth. I'm hosting today's show. And I promise you, we will not be practicing law or dispensing legal advice. Instead, today on our show, we um, have two of the top federal employee associations around town, um, one of which is celebrating an anniversary um, that I think far surpasses any other federal employee association. We have with us today in the studio Shane Canfield, who's the CEO of WEPA. Um, and I think this is the second time I've hosted a show with you, Shane. So it's nice to have you back. Yes, at it our is. Studio. And thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Um, and for those of you who, because, um, you know, we're a town of acronyms. So for those of you who are curious about what WAPA stands for, it stands for Worldwide Assurance for Employees of Public Agencies. But reading your website, I saw it actually had a different name a long time ago. We'll get into that. Um, And I said we have two federal employee associations. The other association we have here today in our studio is the Senior Executive Association, represented by their president, Bill Valdez. Bill, so nice to have you here. Thank you, Deborah. It's great to be here. And... um, and Bill is uh, here to discuss uh, SEA's upcoming Presidential Rank Award Leadership Summit, which is uh, in two weeks. It's uh, thir- Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday, uh, December 13th. Thursday. So I always I keep getting the days confused. Wednesday, Thursday. It's Thursday, <laughs> December 13th. Bill will be talking a lot more about what um, those of you who are interested in signing up for the summit can expect at the all day, um, the all day affair. It's really quite something. Um, and um, it might seem to some of our listeners um, that we have two disparate associations. WEPA is uh, in the business of promoting the health, welfare, and financial well being of its members. And the Senior Executive Association is in the business of um, promoting um, senior uh, career leadership and the development of career leaders in the federal executive branch. But there really is synergy between the two associations, isn't there, Shane? Absolutely. Um, we we've, we know Bill well, love his work that he's been doing there. Um, <clears throat> and we're sponsoring the, the Presidential Rank Awards this year. We're thrilled to do that. And uh, our boards are, are similar. Um, senior executives, career, federal employees. And we have that in common. So uh, thrilled to be with you, Bill. Well, I think the other thing that we have in common is that, you know, we all want to promote uh, public service excellence. And we do it in different ways. Um, You know, WEPA, you know, is very involved with the, you know, financial health and well-being of federal employees, which is critical. I mean, if you're not, 
you know, feeling secure financially, it's hard to concentrate on mission, right? Uh, and if you're a member of our association, you have access to a lot of leadership development programs uh, and uh, an ability to hone your leadership skills. So I think, you know, they're very, very closely related. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> serving different needs of the, of the federal career executive um, and the federal workforce and so I was pleased that I was able to put together this show today, um, both because <clears throat> we are still in open season, and even though life insurance you don't necessarily need to buy during open season, I think that, you know, Shannon, you and I have talked about this before, I think that when federal employees go look at their health, their benefits, the series of benefits that are available to them during open season, they naturally think, they should think, we'll talk about that later in the show, about those other pieces like life insurance. Um, and of course, in about two weeks, SCA has its upcoming summit. So we were glad to be able to put the show together to have the two of you on. You know, it's just thrilling. Um, <clears throat> um, I've been in nonprofit insurance organizations for a long time, but I will tell you that WEPA, I'm sure your association bill is the same. It's absolutely refreshing. It's wonderful to see our board, they're all civilian federal mm-hmm. employees, most of them career senior people. They want WEPA to exist and to be good and better and and serve federal employees. It's not a tagline. Mm-hmm. It's real. And that's th- not that way with all boards. And yeah. so it's, I'm sure yours is the same. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you look at uh, the people who won the Presidential Rank Award this year or every year, you see that kind of same dedication mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and that agreed. commitment to public service. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, one of the uh, misconceptions currently about the federal government, which the Senior Executives Association is working really hard on, is this notion that, you know, public service is not no longer a noble calling. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, John F. Kennedy in 1961, you know, put out his clarion call of, you know, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. I mean, that notion still exists, and it exists with the people who currently serve in the federal government. Mm-hmm. But I don't think their public perception of that uh, remains. And so they've taken a beating for the last few yes, years. Yes, they yeah. have. So I think, you know, the work that, that your association does and the work that we're trying to do, particularly through the Presidential Rank Awards, you know, Leadership Summit uh, is oriented towards reversing that public perception, you know, that public service is, you know, we want to restore the notion mm-hmm. that public service is a noble calling. Mm-hmm. And it is. And and the people on the, on the air listening now can't see us, but we're all nodding our heads <laughs> <laughs> vigorously because we, I, everything you just said, we completely believe and support. So I had, I had um, introduced the show by um, um, forecasting that one of the associations was celebrating um, an anniversary with a big number of years. And Shane, that's, that's WEPA. 75. 75 years. 75 years. This year, right? This year. and um, Which, for those of you who aren't as good as math as, <clears throat> as Bill and I were, that means you were formed in 1943. Um, and for our younger listeners, that was in the middle of World War II. Right. <laughs> and, and the organization was... Um, uh, <clears throat> there were a number of agencies that were stood up during the war. These were the Office of Lend-Lease, the OSS, um, a whole bunch of them that... 
the employees of there was no federal insurance program at that point of any kind. And so the for, for the federal workforce. For the federal workforce. So Fegley was formed in nineteen fifty four. We 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 actually predate that by a number of years. But they couldn't get life insurance as they were traveling overseas, not because they were front and center in battle. These were not active duty military, but they were in war zones. And so the president tasked his secretary of treasury, said, we've got to fix this. We've See, got to provide That's the part of the story. Them. You know, I've heard this story, Shane, <clears throat> so many times, but I didn't realize, I'd never heard the part of the story that the creation of WEPA was actually tasked then by the president. Um, right. I, I, that part's new to me. Right. So um, here's an interesting thing. We spent a lot of time and we put up a Wikipedia entry. So if you want to know the <laughs> fine details of this, please go look because it's a fascinating story about what was going on in government during World War II, which was more than just the soldiers. So uh, we, we were stood up then and um, have been a very, very strong and robust, albeit a little bit under the radar all this time. You know, we are financially extremely healthy. We've got a great membership base of 40,000. 44,000. Right, 44,000. Give or take. Well, it depends on how you count, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's $32 million of, of premium. It's um, actuarially, it's absolutely uh, in amazingly good shape. But one of the things that we're trying to do, and the reason they hired me a couple of years ago, was to um, get the word out because uh, we are a nonprofit, and if people don't know about us, then how you know? I hear you know Bill's a career federal employee, and he didn't know about us, and and so this this breaks my heart. So, um, but Bill also said that had he known about you at the time while he was in service, he would have bought the insurance. Well, that's, that's, that's absolutely. Um, and the rates are, you good. know, when I, you know, looked at the insurance options that I knew about, you know, when I first signed on, you know, with the federal government, I could get much better coverage, uh-huh. uh, right. in the private sector. And, and I had it, uh, and I had a term policy and that sort of thing. Uh, but if I'd known about WEPA, you know, I would have certainly signed on for that. Right. And and the rates are good. I don't have to. I am not a salesman. I'm the CEO. I don't have to sell it because if you our rates are public, they're published. Vegley's mm-hmm. rates are public. They're published. We have some great comparison tools on the website that are super easy to use. Um, you know, if people see it. They say the same thing Bill said. Why, how come I didn't know about this and, before? And the last time, Shane, you were on the show, you made this really good point, which I want to talk about after we take our, our commercial break, which is it's not mutually exclusive. Like, I think a lot of federal employees, when they start learning about WEPA, think it's one or the other. It's Fegley or WEPA. But um, in many regards, it's a nice they're nice. They nicely complement yes. each other. And I do want to get to that. But we do have to take our first commercial break. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com.
Welcome back to Fed Talk. I'm Deborah Roth. I'm hosting today's show. Today on my show, I have um, the uh, CEOs of two very um, exclusive federal employee uh, associations, nonprofit associations. I have Shane Camfield with me. He's the CEO of WEPA. And I have my friend, Bill Valdez, who is the president of the Senior Executive Association. Um, association very near and dear to the hearts of us um, at uh, Shaw Bransford and Roth. So, um, but I do want to pick up again with 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 Shane talking about their life insurance product because um, for years, whenever I would talk to federal employees about life insurance, they would always think of it as one or the other, Fegley versus WEPA, and. So I kind of thought about it that way until you made the point on my show, I think it was last year or the year before, that they actually, one, one could be viewed as the supplement to the other. Right. And, you know, the federal program, Fegley, uh, it's the employer plan. So when you join the federal government, you're offered um, uh, uh, various uh, levels of coverage that you can elect. And you don't have to go through medical underwriting. So that's to me, the, the primary driver with that. And there are different periods of time when you don't have to do medical underwriting. If you have a change in your life situation, occasionally, about once a decade, they will do an open enrollment where you don't have to do medical underwriting. Didn't they do that last year? <clears throat> it was the first it was, time they did it, OPM did it in like 10 years. In, in 16, 16 yes. years. Well, in 2016. Oh, they did it in 2016. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, so it's a great it's a great stable program. There's no question about it. It does have um, fairly high limits, but it doesn't have what we find to be high enough. Our program is because we're not the employer. It's what's in the insurance industry considered voluntary, which means you need to go through underwriting each time. Now our underwriting standards are fairly liberal compared to the regular commercial market. We issue. Uh, the latest number was 81% of those people who apply get coverage. Uh, we also have modeled it. It looks a bit like an employer program in, the, in that we don't have varying rates, for example. If, if you're extremely healthy, you get, you get um, a better deal. Or if you're very not healthy, either you're rejected or you pay more. We don't do any of that. We don't have male-female rates. We don't have smoker-non-smoker rates. If you're an employer, that's the way your program is structured too because you get the entire book of business. Um, But uh, I do get asked a lot, well, why do you advertise? We advertise, number one, so we get the word out. You advertising this year on TV. Like if you watch the 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock news hour on the local stations – um, there's this woman who actually pronounces WEPA correct, correctly, yes, right? She does. She doesn't say she doesn't say WEPA or WOPA or something else. No, she, we worked with her on that. So, so we spent a lot of time and money on our advertising. So we've themed everything to to uh, attract a certain um, uh, demographic. But we take everybody in the federal space. All you have to be is a civilian federal employee. We we are a nonprofit. But the final point I'll make in in this little comment is that. It's, we're not advertising just to grow. There's an actuarial reason we need to grow because any book that's voluntary, meaning if you're Fegley, you get, every, you get to put your program in front of every single federal employee. For us, we have to continually add new people, 
as older people uh, as people age and they don't need term insurance anymore. So there that's the primary reason we do it. So um the Fegley product versus the Waper product um would would a federal worker consider buying both? Absolutely. So uh I in fact, we don't know the precise percentage, but it's a pretty high percentage where WAPA is considered a supplement. Mm-hmm. So people will get um, certain one or two, three times their uh, salary with the federal government, and then they'll need more and want to shop the market a bit. So with our program, uh, in fact, we've upped the limit from 750 to 1.5 million. I saw that. So, and we've done that to meet the demands of of, of younger people. If, if you live in the D.C. metro I was area. Say, if you live in a major <clears throat> metropolitan area and, and you would unfortunately die young and have children and you were part of the income source in the house, the whole point of life insurance is to right. carry your um, dependents right. to that point in their life right. where they can be financially uh, independent. And a couple hundred thousand is just not going to no, cut it. No, not especially here. I mean, houses here, every house, half a million every dollars, house is a, right. a couple of kids you want to put through school. You're married, um, so we have a nice, uh, easy to use calculator. OPM has an easy to right. use needs calculator, but it takes into account those kinds of things, and then it, it discounts it back to the present value of um, because your kids maybe they're young and you won't be putting them through college for another fifteen years. Um, or maybe you won't be putting them through college at all. I wonder sometimes if I made a good choice doing that. But but regardless, regardless, I'm am t- kidding, girls. I'm kidding. Um, it, it 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 a needs assessment is is an extremely important thing. I would highly recommend use the OPM tool. Go to our website. Use our tool. They're very easy. They're quick. And Deborah, as you and I talked originally, this is a good time to do that because you're thinking about your health insurance benefits. You're thinking about open season in general. And even though there's not a life open season right now, it is a good time to assess all of your financial insurance needs. So what are the the options for, um, so so to start with, Shane, in order to be eligible to join WAPA, because in order to buy the life insurance, you have to join the association. Correct. And so what are the eligibility? Right. So I, I do want to emphasize this, and I won't say it anymore. We are a nonprofit right. association, so we we don't have a profit motive in this whole thing. Which right, you're, is ta- one, you're tax exempt. We're tax exempt, uh, and and so you uh, have to be a civilian federal employee, and you attest to that first off. It's very easy. It, it's a it's a nominal two dollar fee, um, which is an artifact of nineteen forty three. Two dollars doesn't mean anything today. So if you're wondering what is the two dollars, it's there's a legal requirement that you join the association, and then you're eligible to join. So then there's a second step, which is you fill out the life insurance application. It's all online, super easy. If somebody doesn't want to do it online, we're happy to provide them with a a paper form. But the vast majority apply online. Uh, it takes about thirty days through underwriting. And then we reach back out to 80% of the people who applied and said you're approved, and then they can get started. <clears throat> we make it very easy. People can do payroll deduct. They can they can send in their premium uh, via email. They can pay it electronically. We can have ACH, ACH payments. This is one of the nonprofit angles because if you're a traditional for-profit insurance 
program, you're not going to offer all those ways to pay to people. Yeah, why, you know, many federal <clears throat> workers um, need life insurance. They might not know it, but they need it. And um, why would you ever go into the private market to supplement the Fegley? Because you should get Fegley. I mean, it's a deal. You should get it, right? Right. But it's not enough. Right. For most, for right. most federal workers, it's just not enough. Agreed. Why would you go into the private marketplace um, when you could get the WAPA product at the rates you get um, and the amount of coverage you can buy? Because you, let's get back to that. You said that that WAPA recently increased their coverage from seven, the maximum you can buy, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So what are the, what types of coverages are available? It. Well, we have uh, up to 1.5 million of uh, group term life insurance. Uh, and by the way, the, the premiums, they're lower than Fegley in almost every age bracket, but not all age brackets. And just so you know, the premiums that we set reflect the actual risk of people in that age group. That's different than a lot of insurance programs, which will subsidize one age group with another age group to try to steer more business. We don't play any of those games. We, we're, we're just straight rate calculations. Um, the other thing that we do have is a chronic illness rider. You'd seen this a lot in the private market. It's slowly coming into the group insurance market, and we're considered a group plan because we all share the risk. Um, so a chronic illness rider, it's not long-term care, but it's similar in that if you have a chronic illness, it has to be um, diagnosed by a doctor where you can't perform two of six activities of daily living. We will give you an early payout of your benefits up to four years before the, we expect you, your doctor expects that you're not going to live. And so... <clears throat> And the benefit, this is, well, you and I talked about this last time you were on the show. I'd never heard of it before. It's relatively new in the life insurance. It, I see it now out in private life insurance, but right. it's relative, it, it was relatively new when you and I talked about it like last year or the year before. And here's, let me see if Shane, if I got this right. Here's the distinction between that benefit and long-term care. Um, no offense to my friends at, for long-term care, but this is, this is really, to me, a significant difference. Um, for long-term care insurance, the payment is, is for care. You know, it's, right. it's, it's for many of those programs, it's paying for certain kinds of care that you need because of um, a, a medical determination of, um, right. of being disabled. For when I read, when I was online on your website, it says you can use it for anything. You can use That's it right. to pay the mortgage. You could pay, put your kids through school. That's right. Um, because it's an early payout and of the death benefit. And it's tax-free. And it's Because it's a life insurance benefit. Right. So there are some, some limits to it. So we can, uh, it's up to 50% of the death benefit, maximum 125000 a year for each year of four years. So let's keep the math easy, a million-dollar policy. If you applied for this benefit, and it does cost money, it costs 20% of premium roughly, <clears throat> it's really, I think it's well worth it, but you can get up to a half a million of coverage distributed, as you said, 120, well, it's tax-free because it's a death benefit on the life policy. The death benefit paid to the insured during Paid to the insured, life. which is different. It's not reimbursed. It's not paid to other providers. And as you rightly said, it doesn't, it's not tied to 
a particular kind of expense. You can use it for whatever you want. Yeah. So um, does Fegley offer that? No. Right. So I, I think that is the um, for for strategically, you know, um, family planners. There's I don't see any substitute for that kind of access to income. Um, you know, I I love to quote my brother-in-law who taught me everything I need to know about insurance. The whole point about insurance is you're 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 betting you don't need it. Like right. you're you're hoping you don't need it, but if you do need it. Um, Getting that guarantee, what do you call it? guaranteed? Yeah, guaranteed. Uh, or the the uh, chronic. Um, the chronic illness writer. Yeah, the chronic but illness I, I mean, writer is, an, think, is very interesting um, yeah. way of helping your family through that, that sort of, you know, final illness, a fatal illness. And most people don't need it. You know, we if your average, our new new people are, that are applying now are, are younger. We're thrilled about that. Um, it's about... 600,000 of coverage perhaps is an average number and they're paying maybe $500 a year. Think about that. So you've got how 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 does the math possibly work on that? It's 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 because most can, can, can people I, can don't I need it. Take a can I get in, in on this game? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, term life insurance is not designed to be a financial long-term vehicle it's not a wealth builder it's just pure protection mm-hmm. um you know, it's like car insurance i mean think about what you pay a year and then what happens if your car gets completely totaled you got a forty thousand dollar car and you're paying a grand a year for your premium that math doesn't work either except that it's an infrequent event mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um so for those of you who are listening who have an interest in in looking more into the wepa product it's uh the, it's w a e p a dot org. Very good, thank you. Thank Yay. you. W a e p a dot org. Perfect. Really, really super user friendly website. Um, we will talk more about the, some of the other services that you offer to your members for two dollars. Um, but we're going to take our mid show break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Bill Valdez about the upcoming SEA Leadership Summit. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. If you're a federal law enforcement officer, then you know to do your job, you tap inside sources. To have a voice on policy and legislation, you join FLIOA. And when you want federal law enforcement officer news and up-to-date federal court decisions, you read FedAgent.com. If you aren't reading FedAgent.com, subscribe today. It's free. Don't let this source pass you by. I'm John Adler, president of the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association, and I approve this message. Welcome back to Fed Talk. I'm Deborah Roth. I'm hosting today's show. If you've just tuned in, um, you can go back after the uh, the show um, is is downloaded to the website. You can go back and listen to the first half hour. I have with me the two uh, heads of two uh, federal employee associations 
We spent the last 15 minutes or so speaking with Shane Canfield, who's the CEO of WEPA. Um, it is open season. You could buy WEPA life insurance product at any time of year, but it's a good time of year to think about all of your insurance needs. And um, I encourage everybody, if you just tuned in, to go back and listen to that last 15-minute segment. Go on WEPA's website. Um, we also have with us today Bill Valdez, who's the president of the Senior Executive Association and is here to talk about their upcoming leadership summit, which is uh, Thursday, December 13th. It's being held in Washington, D.C. And um, Bill's the president of Senior Executive Association. He's going to tell us more about the leadership summit and um and the Presidential Rank Awards, which is one of my absolute favorite things every year to sit and watch and listen to um, because it ties into what the two of you were talking about at the beginning of the show. Warms my heart that people actually go to work every day um, to help us all. I mean, it's the betterment of our country. And um, that's what career senior executives are all about. Yeah. So, you know, most people have never heard of the Presidential Rank Awards, but in the context of the federal government career civil service they're almost like the nobel peace prize you know nobel prizes uh very exclusive uh, very hard to get uh there are about ten thousand uh senior executives in the federal government on an annual basis uh less than one percent receive this kind of award highly competitive. I mean, it goes through a citizen review process. It goes through a process of review by the White House itself, because these are the president's awards. By statute. Yeah. By statute, they're awarded. And um, so if you survive that process and you get the award, you're part of an exclusive club of people who have been recognized for excellence. And so this year, we have 130 of the winners. Um, and we'll be celebrating them at the Presidential Rank Awards uh, Leadership Summit on December 13th at the Mayflower Hotel in Washington, D.C. And Last year's event was downright fantastic. It and, was really fantastic. Um, so what we do with that... Uh, it, 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 I just want to tell people <laughs> that, the, that the luncheon and the dinner, the luncheon they ran through like a hundred of the uh, one uh, one level, which Bill talked mm. about, one level, and they just ran every person's name and their award was mentioned, and each you watched each person get an award. It was really, it was just really terrific. Yeah. I mean, you, you you have people this year uh, who are like uh, Stephanie Hall, who works for the Social Security Administration. Uh, and you may say, you know, what would somebody like that receive this kind of prestigious award for? Well, she won it because she stood up an office uh, that's called the Office of Analytics Review and Oversight that is specifically designed to prevent uh, online fraud. And so you think about all the we all care about that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you if you want to get your Social Security check, if you want to make sure that. Uh, your account is not being hacked by somebody else, Stephanie is the one who's protecting your interests. And you may say, you know, that's, you know, a normal part of the job. Yeah, it's a normal part of the job. But if you think about it, Mm -hmm. setting up an office like that, whether you're in the corporate sector or the public sector, 
is an extraordinarily difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. Ask and, Marriott. Did yeah. you hear today's news? <laughs> no, no. 55 million um, guests over the last two plus years, their cards were hacked because mm. Marriott had a uh, intrusion into their system that went for a couple of years undetected until a few mm. months ago. Well, you, you read about it every day and you think about what's happening with Facebook, you know. Uh, it's just extraordinarily difficult to keep up with the mm-hmm. cyber criminals. Oh, well, that's what Stephanie's doing, and she's doing a fabulous job at that. Um, so we'll be celebrating the you know accomplishments of folks like Stephanie, but we'll also be doing uh, leadership development uh, training. Uh, we also have policy panels, uh, and I'll talk about a little bit more about that. Uh, and um, and then just uh, an opportunity for everybody to in the uh, civil service to come together to recognize these individuals. Um, Shane, I, I have to tell you when you were talking about you know the recruitment of younger folks. Mm. Um, Sounds familiar, Bill. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that <laughs> because you know the image of the Senior Executives Association is that. We're an exclusive club, you know, that we, you know, are only focused on the senior career leaders in the federal government. And nothing could be further from the truth, because what we have recognized is that we have to reach out to all levels of leadership in the federal government, going down even to the GS9, GS11 levels to you know, begin building the seed corn, you know, for the future leaders in the federal government. So the Senior Executives Association uh, last year increased uh, our membership, you know, for the first time. Uh, So instead of being an exclusive organization for senior executives only, we now uh, have membership categories for GS-12s through 15s. And one of the things that we're very keen to do is to get those aspiring leaders Mm -hmm. to the summit. And so if you're out there and you're thinking, why would I want to go to this, you know, event, I'm only a GS-12, here's the reason. You're going to be exposed to these presidential rank award winners. You're going to be able to do flash mentoring. You're going to be able to do networking. you built that into the agenda, yeah. Yep. And uh, you can start building relationships that will help you throughout your career. And then in addition, we have some significant policy panels uh, where you can learn about, you know, the latest cutting edge kinds of issues that we as an association are, are dealing with, such as fraud, waste and abuse, you know, setting up a leadership pipeline in the federal government, et cetera. So, Bill, um People can register, right? On they can register online, mm-hmm. and um, um, it's on SEA's homepage. There's a, a promotion for the um, Presidential Rank Award Leadership Summit. There's a link that takes you right to the registration page. But um, most people are far more savvy than I am on my dumb phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just type in uh, SEA Presidential Rank; it'll pop up. You can go and register, mm-hmm. and so it's open. To reiterate, it's open to those. Is it open only to SEA members? No, no. Uh, and the website for the summit itself is, you know, www.presidentialrankawards.com. Uh, and 
Uh, it's open to any federal employee who wishes to attend. It's open to the private sector. Um, and uh, we consider a lot of the private sector to be our partners uh, at the Senior Executives Association. This year, we have WEPA as one of our partners, uh, but we also have Harvard College uh, as one of our partners, American University, uh, and then, you know, a number of the uh, associations that are working with us, such as uh, the Association of Federal Enterprise Risk Management, the Association, the African American Association of Federal Executives, uh, the National Association of Federal of Hispanic Federal Employees, uh, a wide variety of folks who are working with us because we have a shared mission, which is developing the future leaders of the federal government. And so, you know, we're very proud to have participation by a lot of different groups that share our common mission in this regard. And um, um, to reiterate, it's the 13th, um, so it's about t- uh, 12 days left to register. It is in downtown D.C. It's at the um, um, Mayflower Hotel. Thank you. How did I forget that? <laughs> <laughs> it's right across from it's my a nice place. <laughs> it's, right it's at the Mayflower. And just to give an overview of the agenda, um, um, in the a few minutes before we have to take a, our final commercial break, Bill, it's a, it's a day long, right? It's a day-long thing. Uh, We have five keynote speakers, uh, Margaret Weikert, who is the acting uh, director of OPM, the Office of Personnel Management. We have the deputy secretary of energy, Dan Brulette. We have Bill Eggers uh, from Deloitte, who is a futurist and is going to give a TED Talk uh, kind of uh, talk. Uh, We have Dana Bourne, who was the command, commandant of the Air Force Academy uh, and uh, is now with Harvard College. Uh, and we have um, uh, Joe Heck, former congressman from Nevada, who's the current chairman of the National Commission on Military uh, and Public Service. Uh, so it's really going to be exciting. Yeah, and it's it's an all-day. Um, so like any good federal employee association conference summit thing, it's got to start at crack dawn because um, that's how it works, right. crack dawn <laughs> And um, it starts um, at uh, registration and networking starts at 7.30 a.m. with breakfast mm-hmm. um, in the uh, breakfast hall. And then um, it, there's a lunch um, where um, is it the distinguished? It's the meritorious. The meritorious are at lunch, and um, that I, it was just it was so incredible last year how they could run through that many number of names and shake each person's hand and give them the award and just say like I think it was what they do one or two sentences mm-hmm. on each award winner. Right. It, it was just incredible to hear about that kind of level of. Um, of public service. Yeah, sort of a billion dollars here saved, a billion dollars there saved, you know. One of your <laughs> award winners last year was a Nobel Prize winner, right? We had two. Yeah, two. Two Nobel Prize winners last yeah. year. Oh, really? Yeah. That is amazing. It's, it was incredible. And federal, then, federal employees who won the Nobel Prize. Mm-hmm. Think of that. Mm-hmm. That is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Performing fe- their own federal duties. Yes. Um, um, and um, it was just, it was really, I, I it was just fantastic. And then um, it closes um, 
uh, Thursday evening with um, a, uh, um, a reception and keynote speaker um, from 6 to 7.30 where um, the distinguished awards are given out. Correct. Um, and, uh, um, and Bill, you mentioned um, the keynote speaker is um, Joseph Heck, who I think you know, is really just an appropriate messenger for sort of the closing of the, uh, of the summit. So it's really fun-filled. It's packed. The agenda is online. Um, we'll dig a little deeper into it. Um, in a moment, but we do need to take our last um, our last commercial break. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. Welcome back to Fed Talk. I'm Deborah Roth. I'm hosting today's show with us in studio, Shane Canfield, who is the CEO of WEPA. Uh, WEPA is um, otherwise known, it's the acronym for Worldwide Assurance for Employees of Public Agencies. It's a nonprofit association that promotes the health, welfare, and financial well being of its members. An incredibly good, robust life insurance product to supplement your FEGLI. Um, and we will we will speak with Shane in a moment. Um, but before the commercial break, we were talking with Bill Valdez, who is the president of the Senior Executive Association, here to talk with us about the Presidential Rank Awards Leadership Summit, which is going to be held in um, Washington, D.C. at the Mayflower Hotel Thursday, December 13th. Registration is open to everyone. You do not have to be a member of SEA. You do not have to be a career executive to attend. Um, and right before the break, Bill, I told everyone that the agenda is posted online on your website, and um, I love the agenda. Um, it feels very, very current and modern, right? Um, imagining the future of federal leadership, workforce, and work. And then it's broken down, each one of your breakout sessions, and it's broken down by what's the future of leadership, what's the future of the workforce look like, and what's the future of work? Because... Um, I may be, I may be softening up. I used to really be a proponent that work was only really done well if it was done within the four corners of the office. That doing work, you know, at a coffee table at Starbucks or in between loads of wash at home, that it just couldn't get done as well as it could get done at work. But I'm starting. But the millennials disagree with me greatly. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, and I'm starting to think that maybe what, you know, what the work is has a lot to do in today's modern economy about why work needs to get thought through being done differently. Hmm. So your agenda is really very interesting. Well, very, you know, it is very futuristic. Well, and uh, I love also one more thing. I love the intersection on your panels of bringing in um, your your uh, federal workers, career, you know, career executives to talk about the same topic that you then bring in somebody from the private sector. That intersection is very interesting. Yeah. And we're also bringing in academics and, and everybody else because uh, the federal government, you know, frankly, is stuck 
in uh, I'll generously say 20th century, uh, but in many respects, the processes, the ways that the government is organized and business processes are actually 19th century uh, kinds of processes. And, you know, the command and control nature of the federal government, the very hierarchical uh you know, um, uh, nature of, of, of the federal workforce uh, through, you know, the, the general classification system, but also, you know, is really modeled, uh, the federal government was really modeled on a, you know, eight, 19th and early 20th century business model that was, has been absolutely rejected, you know, by the corporate uh, world. Uh, and some parts of the no- nonprofit world. But the federal government, because it is a requirements-based uh, and rules-based organization, has been very, very slow to catch up. And so at the Senior Executives Association, we've been doing a lot of thinking and a lot of studying uh, about this problem and how you know we could try to influence the future of the workforce, the future of leadership, and the future of the work and workplace at the federal government. And uh, this is just my view, uh, but I think it's becoming increasingly probably so, very well informed. Yeah, well, it's becoming increasingly informed by data uh, that we're at a tipping point in the federal government where if we don't get our act together, we could be in a situation where we fail to deliver on the vital missions of the federal government. And that's very concerning to us. And we think a lot of it has to do with, you know, the practices of leadership in the federal government. So let me give you an example. Uh, SEA has been participated with the University of Wisconsin and others on a study on the ability of the federal government to respond to, you know, disruptive change. And what we have found, and we'll be releasing this study, you know, just right before the uh, uh, summit, is that the capacity of federal government to respond to multiple crises, mm. you know, think three hurricanes, mm-hmm. you know, wildfires, an earthquake. It's not uh, very nimble, is it? <laughs> is in a state where it's very fragile right now. And people are working on it. A lot of pe- a lot of good people are working on it. You know, somebody like Daniel Cotter, who's at Department of Homeland Security, he's uh, in their science and technology directorate, and he won a presidential rank award this year. He'll be at the summit. And uh, his responsibility is to go after, you know, to make sure that the first responders have the technology that they need to respond to disaster. So there are pockets in the United States, in the government, where, uh, you know, this thing that we're calling resiliency, you know, the resiliency of the government to respond to multiple disasters is being looked at. But what we see is that it has not kept pace with the rapidly changing dynamic you know, world that we live in, you know, think climate change, think, you know, the cyber attacks, think all the different things that the government has responsibility to to work on. So, 
you know, we think that that's a, a, a leadership issue. And so we're working with a number of different organizations to strengthen the capacity of career leaders to be responsive to these kinds of multiple threats. Um, so, you know, that's one of the reasons why we're focusing on the future, because we really do believe that there, we're at that tipping point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you talk about the workforce, you know, you hit it right, Deborah. you know, that we have lots of millennials coming into government. They don't see... Or, not, or, or you have, but one of the issues I know facing SCA from my work with you, Bill, is a concern that we don't have enough mm-hmm. um, of, of the younger generations mm-hmm. being interested, which is a different show we could all have, yeah. about why don't people, why why are the people now resisting, young folks resisting coming into service. But, right. Well, it's, but it's for those that, who are there. It's, it's for, that, mm-hmm. plus uh, they have short shorter tenures in government. And millennials are famously, you know, uh, Be careful. Very migrant, okay. you know, in in their in their work habits, and like to move in and out of government, and we're seeing significant uh, movement, uh, you know, and a millennial coming in for five years, going out, coming back. Which I actually think is good for the uh, not just the um, um, experience um, and and and. Um, abilities, aptitude of its workers to have a robust exchange between mm-hmm. federal the federal service and private sector mm-hmm. um, to be able to, to bring people in and out, I think really helps build um, capabilities inside. Yeah. But I also think it keeps it fresh, you know, like the culture of the federal workforce mm-hmm. um, can be very insular. If we had the processes that facilitated that kind of dynamic and agile movement of the workforce, but we don't. But we don't, right. And so that's another thing that we're working on. Um, one of the things that one of our panels uh, that's looking at modernizing you know, the civil service is focused on is how do you get out of this idea that – I love that title. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that you're reforming you know, the civil service. The civil service doesn't need reforming. The civil service needs modernizing. And it's to be don't a, hold people accountable. Instead, develop accountable people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and that's something that corporate America is mm-hmm. beginning to understand. You know, we have, you know, a real strong partnership with Deloitte. And they've done a study for the past 10 years on corp, on workforce trends in the private sector and the public sector. And this year's report was all about the rise of the social enterprise, meaning that corporations have recognized that if they're going to be sustaining excellence over the long term, they have to focus on the social enterprise aspects of their business, meaning it's not just about, you know, return on investment and shareholder value. It's about what are they returning back to society and how they can then align their business model to the values of the, you know, customers that they hope to get. Well, think about it. The original social enterprise in the uh, United States is the federal government. That's what it does. That's what the federal government does is deliver 
societal value, you know, protect society, you know, make sure that infrastructure is in place, make sure that the national defense is secure. And, you know, if you don't have that, you know, social enterprise, you know, output, I mean, viewpoint, and if you don't have the mechanisms in place to be able to fulfill that mission, then that's what I mean about we are in a place where we need to modernize our federal government to ensure that we can fulfill our obligations to the American taxpayer. So that's the uh, preview for the SEA Presidential Rank Awards Leadership Summit, which is going to be December 13th at the Mayflower Hotel. Feel free to go register online. And we have under a minute here, Shane, final words about WEPA and um, people's considerations of it during open season. I, I would say, one, um, go to the website, check out our rates, look at your rates that you're paying now. You can look at your pay stub and see that. It's, self, it's self-evident. Um, so I, 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 I want to finish in a, on a note that I didn't expect to finish on. I, I'm absolutely inspired, Bill, by the things that I heard here. And uh, I, we're we're thrilled well, thank to you be for a, that, Shane. we're yeah. thrilled to be a sponsor. I'm also going to nominate Bill for a Nobel Prize because he did all that without notes. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> so th- that what a great story. Yeah, uh, good and good luck with that work. Two really super fantastic federal employee associations, WEPA and the um, Senior Executive Association. Thank you, Bill and Shane, for being my guests here today. Thank you, Deborah.